DJ and PK, time for the question of the day. The PGA Tour will give $40 million in annual bonuses to players based on their likability and fan engagement. Should pro and college sports follow suit? I think college is going to in a different form. I think that's what name, image, and likeness is going to come down to. If you're likable and you'll engage with the fans, you can make a lot of money off your name, a lot of money off your off your image, and that's where it's going. So it's going to look different than what the tour does, but it's going to be they're kind of going to be cousins. It's going to be similar. You know, in the pros, PK, it's it's guaranteed money in the NBA. But if you took this and tried to apply it to the Jazz, I think most of us could argue, well, they've already done that in the way they've structured the salaries. It's all built into that. True. Good point. You know, yeah. if you, uh, your likability, your fan engagement. Now, a big part of your likability is win. You know, you may not have, I mean, Donovan Mitchell, it took us all about, you know, five seconds to figure out that Donovan Mitchell just oozes charisma, right? And Rudy's personality is different. It isn't as warm and as fun, but people are drawn to his intensity, which even when he wasn't nearly as, as uh, fluent in English as he is now, I almost said nearly as good at English as he is now. <laughs> Jeez, I grew up with it and I can't speak it. Um, you could still sense that intensity. And so, you know, likability comes in a lot of flavors. You know, if a guy's really intense and you're a really intense fan, you're drawn to them. You know, so I think with the pros, it's kind of built in. I think the PGA Tour has something, and the Jazz are actually at uh, probably the complete opposite end of the spectrum. So it's a good contrast. You know, the Tour. You like the sport. It's a niche sport. It's a big niche. There's a lot of people, but uh, you know the PGA Tour isn't going to draw ratings like the NFL playoffs. You know, nope. e- even the majors aren't going to do that well. Uh, but because they show up once a year, they really need people to engage. Whereas the Jazz, they're in the community with the radio, on, the games on the radio and the TV and the billboards, and people can go to the games. And you're, you're even if you don't interact with the players, once in a while you see one of them around town and you talk about it and remember it forever. So they're there all the time. So the PGA Tour has slightly different issues because they just keep parachuting into all these towns once or twice a you know, a, an area like LA they might be in a couple times a year, uh, but mostly they're somewhere once a year. Yeah, they are, but it's at the same time every year. So mm-hmm. you're, you, if you're into that, you know, you know, Phoenix Open week is Super Bowl. I, I've known it my whole life. Uh, basically, since they moved to Arizona. Will that change? They're going to move the Super Bowl now with the 17-game season. I wonder if they'll move the move it, move it the Phoenix one week and swap it with somebody else. Uh, if I was a PGA, I would. my answer to that would be yes, yes. but I don't, know the, I don't know the answer to that. So, And you're right about the pros, that the, the, they're structured in a way about that, and so the salaries reflect who are the most popular and all that. So I can buy all that. And, and agree with that. Uh, and they, they have the opportunity to be taken care of beyond their wildest dreams. You know, they, if the Jazz, they do well uh, in the postseason, I, I think we're going to start seeing Donovan Mitchell get more and more national acclaim. Yeah. Because he's a special dude. And he, you know, he's like a mini magic, really, when you think about it. The personality, the smile, the willingness to engage. And how Magic was such a people person, uh, at, virtually at all times, and everybody loved him because he just was just the, his personality was so charismatic. And I and I think Mitchell's the same way. 
And so, obviously, he played in a bigger market and won at the highest levels and was all that. Mitchell's not there yet. I don't know that he could ever get to that level. Probably not. But he can get to a level to where you're going to see him. If Lillard can do it on a national level, Mm -hmm. then certainly Mitchell can do it on a national level and probably do even more, uh, particularly if the team does better. That remains to be seen. Uh, We think it's going to be. And Tim McComb is guaranteed that the Jazz are going to win at the title. They're going to win the ship under Ryan Smith as the owner. Wow. I mean, that would just – man, I hope I'm alive. <laughs> that's, that's I, I hope we're say. doing this show. Because <laughs> that would just blow the roof off everything. Yep. I, mean, it would, yeah. I can't even imagine uh, what it would be, but I want to imagine it. And so we'll see because you know, there's no reason to think he won't do it, uh, but it's hard to do. I just can't – say, oh, he's going to do it for sure, but there's no reason to think why it can't be done. And I've been saying that even before. I said that when the Millers owned the team, or majority owner, and they owned it exclusively, and now Ryan Smith is the majority owner with these other investors. I see no reason why it doesn't happen here, because I believe this franchise and this city and it has everything, everything that an NBA player would want, and Dennis Lindsay joked about it, about he and I were going to go and wreck all those misconceptions, and I believe that that's going to happen. I don't know when, or I, I believe there's no reason why it can't happen. That's the way I, that's my jersey. That's the best, the most positive I could do. Uh, so the pros will take care of itself, but I would like to see something done more for the collegiate guys because we're only talking about a few. Mm-hmm. And the PGA, I, I, I sort of like what they're doing because, you know, really everybody owes Tiger a level of gratitude because of the fact of he just brought the sport into such a level of whatever popularity it was compared to what it is now. I think it's largely because of that man and all the things that he did. And he wasn't necessarily a great interview, and he certainly wasn't warm and fuzzy, but people were drawn to the way he competed. And maybe they were drawn to the way that he didn't look like the typical uh, Anglo-Saxon Caucasian golfer, and maybe that factored into it too i don't know that's up to the individual it doesn't matter to me i'm drawn to good golf and i don't care what the person looks like or whatever so but i get that uh, some people might be interested in that and i think that that's what they should be doing at the collegiate level too and i think it's part of the school's obligation maybe they don't give him or her the direct cash but they'll they facilitate like i said jimmer get your picture with jimmer and your autograph with jimmer after the game and he'll be up there for 90 minutes up on the concourse after the game. And you have to pay for it. You don't think those BYU fans would have done that and then be able to have... I can guarantee uh, you. I can guarantee you. And I only know and, one team. I only know one team that's done that, but they did it routinely and it paid off for them. And you're going to cringe when I say it, but it was Utah Women's Gymnastics. And they would do signing parties up in that room, uh, you know, where they'd have the press availability with the the oil paintings of the old uh, ADs. And they would come up there, and they'd all be in their sweats, and and there'd be lines, and there'd be lines around the concourse. And it was And those young girls should have got cash for it. Yeah. Yeah. So Beyond the scholarship. And with name, image, and likeness, uh, you know there'll be a way. There'll be a way to do that. They may have to finagle. But I want it. the school to get involved. Yeah, yeah. I don't think the NCAA wants that yet. I just, I get why you say that, and I'd be fine with it. But it's not happening. <laughs> it's just the NCAA is just fighting it tooth and nail. Okay, name, well, image, but, and likeness should happen. Chris Hill. I mean, how long has Chris not been on the job now? Is this two years or three? 
Oh, it's at least two, probably three. I think it's three. And so you got three years now of uh, and 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 Chris was uh, so it was about it was I think it was just after I don't know if it was just before he left or just after he left he was in here and he came in he's come in studio a few times um, you know pre pandemic and he was telling us in a break he said because you were asking about this exact thing and in a break he was saying well name image and likeness that's the low hanging fruit that uh, right. that's going to happen pretty quickly but it's been two or three years and it hasn't happened yet <laughs> it's like they're, they're just fighting it tooth and nail dragging their feet and it seems natural there's plenty of boosters who own companies and that's where it would start and then who knows where it would go from there as other people think okay so i can partner with this guy how can he help our company who are we targeting Hey, this is this is the right athlete, you know. Whether it's a gymnast or a basketball player, or, you know, in some towns, mo- most schools football's huge, basketball's a big deal, and most of these college towns, there's a third sport the school is good at, and what that sport is varies, right? Men's volleyball is a big deal at BYU, draws students. I can see some local businesses there drawn to them. Well, it's gymnastics. Same thing for BYU. Right. And then you go to Texas baseball is a big deal, right? In Austin, it would be the baseball team. You, you can go on down the line at a bunch of different schools. Yeah, absolutely. And SEC, baseball is huge. Yeah. I could argue that baseball is better than football in the SEC because you have more schools that are more competitive except instead of the same two or three. Yeah. And obviously Vanderbilt's in there with uh, the pitching right. that they've yeah. got right now. So, yeah, and – I think that the schools should take charge of this and said, or allow the player. I'll be doing this in conjunction with the school. That's aside from the businesses. And I get it. Get, get going with it here. Get going. But if you're good enough to make money off your athletic performance, Zach Moss, uh, after the game, he'll be interacting. He'll, he'll hold a chalk talk with fans and it costs $30 to attend. And we'll set it up. And, you know, the, 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 the school has to be involved because you're going to use their facility. So, you know, we'll, we'll set up a room, depending on the time of year, and uh, you can do it. I, I really think they should. That, that, that's an easy way. And it's a way that I think that the player deserves. And if somebody wants to show up and do it, whether it's the young gals on the gymnastics team or the – star shooting guard on the basketball team. Could you imagine all that Andre Miller would have made? Oh, my gosh. I, I was all, of, I, all of those guys. Uh, Andre Miller would have cashed in. Couple, Mike Doliak, Keith Van the, the, Horn, the, on down the, the line. The difference Alex being that, they, they, that those guys didn't come from Compton. Right. Yeah. And, and, and Andre did. I was in his house. Yeah. Not that they were extremely poor because it was not a, it's, it's not a bad house. Uh, but nevertheless, they could have used the cash for sure. And and then maybe maybe you could get maybe it actually would benefit basketball because these one and dones like this Gonzaga's got this home grid kid. Well, you better get to know him real quick because practically as soon as he's there, that's just just as soon as he's out the door. You know what I mean? Yep. And I don't uh, think it'll change for that level of guy, but for the level of guy who goes, why go and be a second round draft pick if you can stay and guarantee no, you're going to make? It depends on what school and what town, and but you know, make X whether it's whether you're making fifty grand or a hundred grand. But these kids don't think they're going to be a second round draft pick. 
Well, I think by the time you get to the draft, you know. I think that's where you come back. It's kind of, I think, was it Devin Lloyd this year who said it? It was, and I could have the wrong player, but I think it was Devin Lloyd who said, um, you know, I I could go in the draft, but if I come back, um, you know, basically can go a couple rounds higher. And it was... um, That's football's different, though. It was Cody Barton. Yeah, but I think that there are guys, you know, who, if, if you, if you... If you get the feedback from the pro, from the NBA that you're going to be a second round draft pick, and if your college coach says you're going to make 150 or 200 grand here because of yeah. companies X, Y, and Z and what we're going to set up, see, I don't think so though. You don't. I huh? think they, they, they. I think they think they're going to make. I think Lou Dort, where he is today, is exactly where he thought he would be. The other guy, the league didn't think it, but I think <laughs> right. he thought it. Yeah. Well, they'll they'll be those guys too. I mean, I don't know that but one size fits all. But I get your point. All. Maybe it helps. Yeah. I don't sure. know that one I, size I fits all. Because sure. Andre, right. to go back to Andre Miller, and it was a different era, granted, uh, but Andre certainly could have gone a year earlier. And, mm-hmm. and Majerus was doing the, um, the jazz shows for us during the playoffs, and we were up in Seattle for a playoff series, and I was waiting to do a live shot, and Majerus was standing there talking to me about nothing. I don't even remember what. And George Carl came over. And, and he walked up from behind Rick, so Rick didn't see him coming. And George Carl just lit into him about, you got Van Horn coming back another year? What in the world does Keith Van Horn need another year of college for? And it was a different era, but for a guy who's in a gray area who wants to stay, Leinert wanted to be the big man on campus. Now, he stayed, but it would have been even easier to stay if USC knew they could hook him up with a half million. You're going to be an influencer online. We're going to set up a, a shoot with you or some deal with the Snoop, and you're going to get a bunch of followers from Snoop, and then you're going to push whatever product. A half million? Why so low? He more than that. <laughs> well, that was on Monday. On Tuesday, there would have been another half million. <laughs> All right, DJ and PK, it's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. Everything you missed in this show, coming up next. The Big Show. The Big Show. With Jake Scott and Gordon Monson. New head basketball coach at Utah State, Ryan Odom. How important is local recruiting, or is it going to be more national and international reach? Certainly, you want to take care of your home base first and foremost. That's the most important to any school. You want to make sure that you take care of your recruiting footprint. Those are the folks that are going to be most impactful. They understand your university and what it's like to be a student there. You want to make sure you're reaching out to those folks that really care about Utah State. This is a contacts business. The better contacts you have, the better chance to be able to put a great team together. So I'm excited for the folks here in Utah to get to know my staff. Catch the Big Show weekdays from 2 to 7 presented by Big O' Tires. The team you trust on 97.5 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. If you watch Steph Curry shoot the ball, it's just like, you just you just go wow. Like his, his, it's just, just to sit there and watch this guy shoot a basketball. Well, that's how you feel when you watch Trevor throw a football. When you get to see him live and you get to see him move, you just go, wow. I mean, it's just, it's just different. He's, a, he's a, a face of a franchise guy. I just hate the way the media builds these guys up. It's so irresponsible by those clowns. <laughs> it's Clemson coach Dabo Sweeney comparing Trevor Lawrence to Steph Curry. The people in the media, just their, their clickbaits and the way they hype guys up for their own purposes. I well, hate he's, them. He's selling his own program there for sure, too. Yeah, but no. uh, the funny, the great thing about this draft, and I'm going to be excited to watch it next week, certainly the first round anyway, uh, what are we, uh, eight days away now, uh, 
is going to be in 25 years they're going to do some type of documentary on this draft quarterback class. And we don't know how it's going to be 25 years, although I guarantee Zach Wilson's going to be a success. That's how much confidence I have. Write that down. Book it. Mark my words. My mother used to say, mark my words. And I think, oh, here we go. (laughs) (laughs) Now, did you eye roll? How old were you before you'd eye roll in front of her? (laughs) Two. In front of her. So I roll like, ma, knock it off, ma. If you think, and that's what we call uh, everybody from the East, call them ma, you call them dad, but ma. And uh, if you think that I'm a bag of hot air, which I am, you should have met her. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's where I got it from. But she would say, mark my words. I could still remember that, along with a bunch of other profanity. That was one of her uh, non-profane sayings. I, I believe Mark, or, um, yeah, Mark Wilson was good too, but I think Zach Wilson is going to be really, really good. But we know this is going to be precedent-setting. At least we anticipated being with all these quarterbacks going so soon. And Uh, you know that they're going to do some type of special on this in the years to come. Who's going to be successful? Who's going to have hardships? Who's going to be successful with another team, not the original team that they drafted? Who's going to wish that they they would have drafted this player higher or that player higher or who knows? Trubisky's taken by the Bears. Holmes is available. I mean, it's just you don't even necessarily have to wait 25 years. You can go back in like three or four years yep. and be able to figure so, that stuff out. I want to go. I want to go back 10 years right now. Redraft the NFL draft. This is going to be very insightful because 10 years in the NFL, a lot of these guys are done. And if not, then for 10 years they've excelled and you know who they are. Sure. Ten, 10 years ago, the number one pick was Cam Newton. Led his team to a Super Bowl, uh, multiple MVP, Pro Bowls. Yeah, MVP, right? So Cam Newton went number one. Carolina took him, and it was a win. There were four quarterbacks in the top 12. Four in the top 12, okay. Okay, now, here's the other thing. Their top 16 picks, 12 of them went to the Pro Bowl. Four did not. And three of the four who did not were quarterbacks. Yeah, the, the Pro Bowl being the most watered down of all. Of okay, them, but, but it means you're a pretty good player at your position. Sure, I, I get the watered down thing, absolutely. But it's still like you got yourself a pretty good player. The only mm-hmm. ones who didn't get themselves a pretty good player, Tennessee took Jake Locker out of Washington with the eighth pick. Jacksonville took Blaine Gabbert out of Missouri with the tenth pick, and JJ Watt was on the board and went eleven to Houston. And Minnesota yeah. took Christian Ponder out of Florida State with the twelfth pick. Now, Christian Ponder's married to that uh, broadcast guy. Samantha. Yeah, she's from uh, Phoenix, uh, and they've been married now for a number of years. We had Christian Ponder on the show. He had him on, yep. (laughs) That was awesome that uh, he was a quarterback, and he came on because they played uh, BYU, and that was uh, fun to have him uh, on the show. I became a fan of his at that point because normally you you can't even get the coach on, and they put the quarterback on. Hmm. Leading up to that, I remember that. So, yeah, quarterback's tough to make it at that position, though. I mean, the standard is extremely high. The second-rounders did well. You remember the second-round picks from 10 years ago? I'm thinking there's no way you do. Andy Dalton and Colin Kaepernick. And they outperformed three of the four first-round guys. Yeah, and that's the thing, too, I was going to say, is that there's probably somebody who's not going to be drafted in Mm -hmm. the first round who's going to be decent. There's plenty of those guys. I'm looking at you, Dak Prescott, fourth round, if I remember correctly. And now he just got a 
just the, the bank down in Dallas, and hopefully he's recovered from his injury and can have a lot of success this season for the Cowboys. Uh, but you don't really know, and so it's so intriguing. That's what I say about how sports just keep reinventing themselves, uh, for me anyway. And each year or maybe a, you miss a year or whatever, but sooner than later there's going to be something that's going to intrigue you. And right off the bat with this NFL draft next week, to me, is all sorts of intrigue. Who goes uh, ahead of whom and, and what they do and what, what do the Niners do right there? Niners essentially have the first pick <laughs> because we anticipate the other two guys going where they go. What do the Patriots do? Uh, does Pittsburgh want to jump in the mix? Mm-hmm. Because their guys on the way out, you know, and how do you how do you handle all this stuff and and all these tra- and then you could turn around and and draft somebody and then two years later or even the next year later, I mean, you look at the Cardinals, they took Josh Rosen, now he hasn't amounted to anything, which really surprises me. I mean, literally, he's amounted to nothing in the NFL. It's not like even he's a a backup waiting for a turn. I, I mean, I think he's a practice squad guy. And he was the 10th pick, and then the next year the Cardinals get the first pick and they take Murray, and we're still waiting to see how good he's going to be. He's shown signs, uh, but I think the jury's definitely out on him. I don't see where you could say uh, he's going to be uh, what we expected, what we hoped for. Not yet, anyway. Maybe he will. Maybe he won't. I don't know. But that's stuff that we'll follow, and we'll follow all these quarterbacks too. And Trevor Lawrence, who their coach, Sweeney, is making comparisons to Steph Curry shooting the basketball. There's never been anybody better in the history of the game shooting the basketball than Steph Curry. Never, ever. There'll be other guys who are in the category and are very close or even, but nobody's been better. And you're making that comparison with Trevor Lawrence, and he's going to Urban Meyer, no less? Wow, man, this is Hollywood stuff. That was on the list of things I wanted to talk to John Beck about, about all the changes Urban's going to have to make going from college to the pro. Going to the pro game, it's a totally different deal. Um, I want it real quick. We're up against here. I want to redraft one more draft for you. Ready, PK? Go ahead. Five years ago. So we got a pretty good read on these guys, but they're still active. So uh, Jared Goff went number one, just got traded by the Rams. He did get him to a Super Bowl. Carson Wentz, number two. Uh, to the Eagles, uh, and then we didn't see any quarterbacks for a long time. But when we talk about, hey, the, the top two quarterbacks, only one is likely to make it, well, there's a case where I don't think you can gripe that much about either one of those picks. And I know the Rams have, have moved on from them, but they, they, won, they won a lot of games. Second-round pick, do you remember Christian Hackenberg? Jets took him out yeah. of Penn State. Yeah, Penn State. Yeah. That was um, a spectacular flop on that front. <laughs> uh, Jacoby Brissett, 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 Patriots, Brissett. third round. Um, Still with okay. the Colts. He's where? He was with the Colts last yeah, year. He filled in when Brady got uh, suspended and mm-hmm. then Jimmy G got hurt. Yep, and he's also spent time filling in for guys like Phillip Rivers and Andrew yeah. Luck out there in Indianapolis. And that's the draft where Dak Prescott went in the fourth, fourth round. Fourth round, yeah. Yep. So, there you go. Uh, there were there were some other other good players in that draft. You know, when do you gamble for a quarterback? When do you go for uh, for somebody else? Joey Bosa and Ezekiel Elliott went three four. So, the Chargers and Cowboys got pretty good players there with the next couple of picks. They did. All right, DJ and PK, other stuff we've talked about this morning. We talked uh, draft and quarterbacking with John Beck. That's up at 1280thezone.com. you got to hear that. John's always a good interview. Tim Lacombe, 830, coming on and saying Ryan Smith is going to win a championship. He doesn't know when, 
but he's going to win a championship owning the Jazz. And for D. Wade, fills in some of the gaps. There were a lot of good things, but there were some downsides too, and he can help there. So D. Wade gets his fourth title then, huh? Right, another ring. <laughs> That'd be awesome. <laughs> I would assume if you were a, a uh, you know, the majority owner would get a ring, but I would think the minority owner would Oh, they all would. Yeah, Absolutely. Gail Miller would get one. Rings for everybody. We should get a ring. We should get one too, yeah, man. We're not getting uh, rings. Tone it down. I'm ordering one then. <laughs> okay, you do that. Or at least it's a cap or a T-shirt. <laughs> all right, DJ and PK, coming up next. If you get a ring, you can drop a wee, PK. How about that? Great. Oh, if they win, I'll be dropping wees left and right. (laughs) We did it. We did it. (laughs) I did it here sitting on my butt. (laughs) Doing nothing. All right. When we come back, your feedback. Stay with us. And it's all over almost here. Don't go nowhere. All the BYU fans, they thinking that Bill Belichick is going to trade up to number two, and that he is going to take Zach Wilson, and that he's going to tutor him, and that he's going to take him to a Super Bowl. What was that? Comes in from Forrester. Forrester. All right. Belichick's not trading up. Not to two. Maybe to ten. Maybe to eight. You calling it? Are you calling your shot? Is that what you're doing? There's been a lot of speculation because they got the 10 picks. They got six in the first uh, four rounds. Uh So he could literally trade three picks for one and still have four picks in the first four rounds. If the quarterback he wants, and of course, you know, it's like you get a better chance of cracking some NSA code than you got of figuring out what Belichick wants. But if the guy he wants slips to where he can get a pick, they think he will make the move. There are multiple people guessing that. But the thing is that all these NFL experts who follow it way closer than you and I do, they can say that and then you say, well, he didn't do it because the guy he wanted didn't fall that far. You know, got taken at three, four, five or whatever. Okay. Yeah, I understand that. That is the intrigue of watching the first round of the NFL draft. You know, the Most first definitely. the first couple picks. Okay, but then who's going to trade up, and that's going to scramble the order. And they all evaluate these. It's the ultimate team game, so how you pull out one individual's worth and then how you project their improvement forward, I mean, people are just all over the map. Pro- projecting the first round is really hard, and that's why a, a Hall of Famer like a Super Bowl champ like Aaron Rodgers can slide so far. All right, uh, List Radio, PK. Psh. My favorite. Oh, it's Lazy Radio. I'm all for lazy radio if it's good radio. Right. <laughs> so now, and you always talk about how TV's about popularity. Radio's a little bit like popularity, and now it turns out with the web, you know, it used to be newspapers relied on subscriptions, but now about web hits, so what you write about can impact how many clicks you get. Well, it's an entertainment business. Newspapering, there is no such thing as newspapering now. It's, it's all, media is now all forms of entertainment. Mm-hmm. And the L.A. Times, I see this, they've, uh, they put this up on Twitter. All 85 Prince singles ranked from worst to best. And it's on the fifth anniversary of his death. So they're ranking all 85 singles that have been officially released. That's the world in which we live in. And List Radio, I mean, that, that's a catchphrase. But people are into that, man. Yeah. 
I mean, it's this whole thing. We haven't discussed it because I didn't think it was worth it. But the the, the somewhere in the soccer, they're going to do the top 15. Well, how would that be in college football? And, I, and I'm sure ra- radio shows and stations across oh, the country yeah. hit on that. And I, because, I've seen, yeah, I've seen it. What would yeah. college football and college basketball, what if the Power Five decide to only play each other in football and basketball? That would be the comparison. But it was also driven a lot by the NFL because – the, you know, there's multiple owners who own NFL teams and and some of the richest, most popular English soccer clubs, and three of them were right in the middle of this. Like, what are we doing? We'd, like, we'd never have an NFL with 300 teams. What are we doing here? Let's get down to the people who really drive it. Well, they can do whatever the hell they want. I couldn't care less. Uh, American sports, I'm all into it. but I don't pay a lick of attention to anything that doesn't happen in our country. Except for the British Open. Well, that's because Americans are participating. Aha! Uh-huh. No, you got me there. You're yeah. right. All right, we got people tweeting at us today. Uh, we've got um, on the uh, question of the day, the PGA Tour will give $40 million in annual bonuses to players based on their likability and fan engagement. Should pro and college sports follow suit? And Devin tweets at us, why don't they invest this money into underprivileged youth golf programs? PGA, I think they already are. They? they do some, right? It's, so it's a question of budgeting. You know, how much do you push back towards the players? How much do you push to the grassroots and try to grow the sport? And how do they break that down? Why why one percentage? I don't even know what the percentages be as far as, you know, funding a, a program like First Tee. I think we've all heard of First Tee, right? And how much are they how much are they pushing towards that? And then how much do they push to these other? I I don't have a good answer. Yeah, I mean, golf essentially is a country club sport. There's no Mm -hmm. question about that. And the kids who come from affluent families, uh, they're usually uh, where they're coming from, the better players. That's why somebody like a Tony Finau, if he should make it, which is rare, ends up being such a phenomenal story. I mean, think of all the publicity Tony Finau has gotten with only one win. He drove golf balls into a mattress in his garage. Yeah, we all know that story. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. And I've met his father. I've talked to his father. Uh, I, I, it's funny. I saw him at the Phoenix Open, and I was following Tony. And, and uh, Kalepi came up uh, and tapped me on his shoulder. Hey, PK, startled the crap out of me. <laughs> and, uh, and had an opportunity to spend some time with him. And, but, but it's a phenomenal story. And obviously the death of his mother is a tragedy and all that stuff. But that, yeah, I, I would love to see uh, more minorities in golf. Absolutely, I would. Josh no question sa- about it. Josh says this seems fair. The unengaged and unknown highly important offensive lineman won't get a thing or even have the chance to. Great plan. Yeah, see, that's not true, though. I agree. Nick Ford knocked it out. And yeah. this is not a surprise because we both interviewed him before. But on the Pac-12 Network, the youth spring game, Nick Ford was awesome. He knocked it out of the park with his interview. He was hilarious. He set up his right. teammate, um, Charlie Brewer. Oh, he's got it. Tell us one thing about the offense. Well, Charlie Brewer's got a great voice. He really sings the R&B. And it was hilarious. And they bring Brewer on, and he's just backpedaling like a cornerback. Not a quarterback. A cornerback. No, 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 no. No, not true. Farthest from the truth. And Britain, yeah, it's up to the individual. Yeah. Obviously, Kyle Gunther had tons of personality. Yeah, right? Yeah, and then at the same time, you had the Denver Broncos offensive line was famous for not talking to the media for years. Mark Schlereth and the boys. Would not speak. I don't even know how many years that went on. Eight, and now ten? Schlereth is a big media personality himself. Yeah, Huge. Yep. 
Yeah, telling all kinds well, of stories. About you can look down at Provo, Tristan Hodge. If you have anybody's talked to that young man, he's got a great personality. Yeah, so I would disagree. I get the theory, but I disagree with it because it's up to the individual. All right, DJ PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. More to debate there. We'll have to leave it for another time. Hans and Scotty are next.